Welcome to the Elbow Jumper Podcast and our what is our first ever episode of the Elbow Jumper Podcast. My name is Logan and I'll be joined by my co-host Noah on all our episodes here. And we're going to talk to you about everything and anything NBA along with our insights, analysis and a little shenanigans here and there. So we hope we keep it interesting, keep it light and keep it informative because we do want you guys to learn something at the end of this. So this is our first ever episode. We're breaking down our top 25 players, and then we're going to get into a little segment at the end called Hot or Not, where we break down a really good and a really bad take by an NBA media member. And also to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we have a special back-to-back episode where we talk about our top 30 NBA teams, as well as some James Harden trade rumors. So make sure you check that out as well. But I'd just like to say we had tons of fun recording this, and we hummed and hawed about actually doing this for a while. We're really glad we did. We hope you guys enjoy it. We hope you can hear the energy in our voices, because we had a ton of fun recording. And although this list starts off as pretty predictable and without much argument, we really get into it, especially in the later latter half of the list, where there's some interesting players. And we get a little bit of an argument about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but Ben Simmons being one of the harder NBA players to rank, so... We really hope you like this discussion. We hope we added something to you. We hope we gave you some value add. And above all else, I just want to thank you for listening. I'd like to give a special shout out to my boy Jackson Slater for the intro music. His music slaps, even if I didn't know him, but song's great. So thanks for that. And yeah, welcome to the first episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoy. And without further ado, let's roll the music. Okay, welcome to the first episode of the Elbow Jumper podcast. Here we are recording, and today we're bringing you the top 25 players. So before we hop right into it, Noah, do you want to say anything? Hey, I just want to say um, each of these players, like we'll have them ranked in one spot, but given the uh, scenario and the environment they're in, they're going to have a range of how good they are. Perfect example of this is Russell Westbrook. On a great team, he may not be the greatest player. All right. Oh my gosh, we're getting into that already. We're just doing like, the, oh, is this the best guy in a championship team? Is this the second guy? So we're just like every other podcast. I'm just saying he's never going to be the best player on a championship team. Okay, yeah. And I would just say the way I ranked him was try to encapsulate the term best as much as I could. Um, you know, some guys are empty stat sheet stuffers on bad teams because someone has to score. And other guys have less roles on bigger teams. So I'm just kind of trying to think of who would have the best player who would add the most to a team if you added them on so Noah, am i going first or go ahead okay so i and i made tiers as well so in my first tier in a league of his own i have lebron james first i don't know what do you think Noah? i obviously i agree lebron is the goat uh, just a question like your tiers like how did you decide them because i also have tiers so i just kind of did whenever i thought there was a big gap between players i have a tier so I have LeBron, and then I have a gap. And the way I treat those gaps is within each range, you, we can argue and move people around. But I'm pretty firm about where I've drawn that. So like someone from the second tier, if you tried to tell me he was on par with LeBron, I'd say no. But then in my next tier, I have a couple players, and they're, they can be moved around within there. So how many tiers do you have in total? Uh, let me add this up here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight, and I have seven tiers in my top twenty-five. Seven tiers. Okay, I got I got five tiers. Okay. And LeBron is not in his class of his own. Why not? Mind. LeBron's old. Like, you got to take into account the rest he's going to do in the regular season. I know most of our rankings based on playoff performances, but there is a fair bit of regular season excellence you gotta put in. I'll give you that, but I also just think like how many years have we seen, you know, when the chips are down, whether it be fourth quarter or in the playoffs, it's just like, you know, you're if you're gonna bet on a game or you're just watching it, like oh they have LeBron, it doesn't matter. Like they have not lost. Like I don't think since that Dallas series in twenty eleven, I think it was, LeBron is not disappointed once like the second year in the last year in miami the second year versus san antonio they were not expected to win san antonio is a much better team i mean he dragged those sorry excuses for playoff teams in cleveland and the carcasses they had on that team to the nba finals and then all these jordan lovers just like oh you know he's losing in the finals i'm sorry they had no business being there remember i think there was the last year in cleveland when he played indiana in the first round like there was no doubt in my mind I was like, this is game seven. I should be worried. I'm like, no, they're going to win because they have LeBron. Like, he's just so good, and he's still proving that he's yeah. that good based on how he played last year you in know, the playoffs. LeBron wasn't even worried in that scenario, too. He's like, I've, I've faced worse experiences in my life. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's not much else needs to be said about LeBron. He does it all. He's a great leader. Um, who do you got at number two there? I have, I have Giannis. Okay, me as well. Now, I have him in his own tier, but, you know... I think there's a scenario where Giannis could be the best player in this league this year. I don't think that's crazy. Like, Father Time is undefeated. LeBron Look at Tom Brady. Is, like, LeBron is almost beating him. Tom Brady's a joke. He doesn't like blueberries. Uh, yeah, well, I mean... Hot know, take. Fair. I, I, mean, I don't think LeBron's eating avocado ice cream, but... Uh, yeah. Is that, do you have anything else about Giannis you want to add there? Man's really tall. Yeah, I mean, he's, what, 6'11", is a ridiculous wingspan. Yeah. I think he's definitely the second-best player just because he does it all as well as LeBron. He has a little bit of a three-point shot, you know, more more so now that, you know, teams do kind of have to guard him. But, you know, when you play basketball, it's just like the lesser of two of evils with these guys. And I think most teams would be happy with Giannis just shooting from the outside. And if he is shooting like 30 33%, you know, I think teams are going to live with that because it's just better than him driving. But, I mean, he does it all on defense. He gets to the rim whenever he wants. And, you know, it really took elite-level defenses to stop him. Like Miami last year, really strong team defense. And then Toronto just, I mean, defensively, when they beat him in the playoffs, they were unreal. You know, when you talk about Kawhi, who at the time and still could be best one-on-one defender in the league. You know, Serge Ibaka, Marc Gasol, two outstanding bigs. Danny Green, who, you know, still is one of the better defenders at his position, and then Kyle Lowry as well, great defender. Like, they just said, Toronto was an elite defense, and then same with Miami last year, really high-level defenses, and it took team efforts to stop this man. Now, Bud cannot make a decision or an adjustment to change, like, to save his life in the playoffs, which maybe, you know, that'll change this year now that... Do you think it will change this year? I think I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, with the addition of Drew Holiday... Um, I think he's a really good pickup for them. He's his fit has looked awesome so yeah. far. But you know the Bucks. I think with them, we know they're going to run through the East. Giannis, we know he's a great player. Um, it's just you know, I do believe in them. I just don't know if this is the year. I think so. Um, but we'll are you choosing them to win the championship there, Logan? No, I would not. Not a hot take. No. No. Okay. 
Um, I, you know, I agree 100%. Giannis, like, everybody's always going to be happy when you take a three. That's why, like, I think he needs, like, a bit of a floater game and a post-up. His post-game is not that good. Yeah, his post-game definitely leaves some room for improvement. Dude, and, like, he he's not, for a center, he's not extremely heavy. And do you think it's because he's so tall, he doesn't have, like, a low center of gravity, which affects his post-game? No. I, no. Think, I think it's just... Footwork and other stuff? Footwork and, you know, a little bit of a jumper around the rim. Like, I think, you know, a lot of the guys that have really good post games have a really, really solid mid-range game to rely on, whether it be fades or square-ups. And then, you know, you can get into that kind of gray area. We're talking about a jumper, but it's, like, off one foot, you know, like, kind of floaters, things like that. Yeah. He doesn't have that. He's more, like, getting to the rim, which, you know, when you're playing defense in the post, if you know he's not shooting a post-fade, it's a lot easier to defend. No, I hear you. And for three, who do you got? I have KD, a slim KD, reaper. Okay, three. Our first disagreement. So now, I mean, I'll just say I think um, coming off the Achilles, like you don't know what he's going to be like, but he's looked really good, and I think you know he's just a walking bucket. He can score wherever he wants. He's seven feet tall, um, you know, great handle, great shot. Uh, he is the most unfair game I've ever seen. You play great defense, and he just shoots over you with ease and makes it like a huge high clip, and it's just like oh, that sucks. Yeah, no, he's definitely, his offensive game is unparalleled. And defensively, he's pretty good, too. No, you know, for he's sure. Maybe not the best on-ball defender, but help side. You know, when you're when you're a small forward, or I guess nowadays, you know, you're, one of your wings is, you know, a shot your best shot blocker. You know, that definitely helps. Yeah. So, so I had Kawhi, and, like, a lot of the reason I have Kawhi over KD is just, like, my uncertainty with KD coming off that injury. But another thing is, like, Kawhi had a bad postseason last year, or, like, a bad series, and, like, an especially bad Game 7. But, like, if you look at his past performances, like, I just, I struggle to put him any lower than this, because, like, he's an excellent player, and he play, plays both ends. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with what you said there. I think he's a great defender. Um, I have him at number four, so right behind, uh, right behind KD, but, and he's in the same tier. But I think that I just think that KD's better because Kawhi's offensive game, like, I don't think he really plays into a team system. Like, you talked when he was in Toronto a lot about, okay, they had the Kawhi offense and they had the Toronto offense when he wasn't on the floor or when he wasn't touching the ball. Great and they point. had one of the best offenses in the league, and their record that year was really good when Kawhi wasn't there. And then when Kawhi gets it, he can be the man. Like, he can take you over the top. He can You can give him the ball and then get out of the way, and he'll do that. His mid-range game, I think, I think he may have the best mid-range game in the league right now. It's unbelievable. But I just don't think he has enough of the intangibles. Like I think Kevin Durant, not as much as LeBron, but he can make people around him better and you know get people involved, much better playmaker than Kawhi. And I think Kawhi is just you know not a one-man show, but you know getting there. So that's why I had him a little lower. You talk about intangibles, but I don't know if KD has the best intangibles. He was on an amazing team in Golden State, and he just he kind of bailed. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you there. I did, well, didn't love the move to Golden State. I mean, you know, obviously he can do whatever he wants. And I'm not going to sit here and bash him as a person. But I think that, you know, he's a winner and he played into the system. He didn't mold it around him. And, you know, you're seeing now in Brooklyn in the very limited sample size that we have that he's playing in the system, although the system right now in Brooklyn is him. Um, I think when he was in OKC and stuff, you know, he was a team guy and... I just don't think Kawhi can fit in as seamlessly as KD. No, you're absolutely right, and that's why I, I have him at four, and okay. you have 
four with Kawhi. Okay, so I can live with a little flip-flop there. Yeah, and, and for five, this is the last player in my first tier list. Okay. What about you? What do you got? For so I have five? a little gap, and I have Anthony Davis at number five. Okay. And is that who you got there? It is not who I have there. Who do you have? I have Luka Doncic. You have Luka above AD. Honestly, okay, easiest argument in the world. Luka's carrying a team. Anthony Davis could never do that. He did in New Orleans. To a bad team, to an, an eight seed. Yeah. To one playoff win. I think or the one Dallas, playoff series I win. think the Dallas team is better than that New Orleans team. But, okay, I see what you mean. Now, you know, I think with... I put Anthony Davis above Luka because he just does it all. Like, defensively, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. He's going to do whatever he wants on offense. Shoot threes, unreal post game, great passing. Disappears in games. That's the thing. Disappears. What did you call that shot against Denver last year? I'm saying, what about the like two games in the Miami series where he wasn't there? I think Dude, he should have won MVP. He fit, like, he killed those teams when he played well. MVP and, but is a. Two games, he just disappeared. MVP is a storyline driven award. So. I, I don't care. He should have won. What do you mean you don't it? care? It's a storyline driven award. If we're going to do the best player, we're going to have this argument. LeBron wins MVP every year. No, no, no. Like, I agree it's storyline, but not for mine. If I, like, I'll make an MVP pick, and it was AD through, I think, two games. And then LeBron, like, showed up to every game because he's so consistent, which makes him, like, the best player of all time or the second best player of all time. Get into that argument, I'm sure, later in the podcast or later in other podcasts. But, like, he, Anthony Davis has a, a like, uh, too often he disappears in games. He's always great on defense, so he doesn't truly disappear, which is why he's ranked so high in both our lists. But, yeah. So where do you have AD? I have AD in the second tier as number one. So he's my six. So he's six. Okay, so I had Luca at seven. But I think, I just think Anthony Davis, like, when he does have it going, he's unstoppable offensively, and he's always there defensively. Yes, I'll give you the consistency piece, but I don't think, like, Luke, like, you're going to put, see, the the number five best player in the NBA, where now his coach is coming out after games saying, oh, he thought the season would start in January, so it's okay that he's out of shape and not playing well. Like, I just don't think you can be at this level of excellence and say, oh, I'm 21, I think he is, and, like, yeah, I'm just like, my bad, I was partying too hard in the offseason, didn't have enough time to get back in shape. It is a great point, but he is 21, so like... So what, it's okay to not be good? You're right, it, it, it's not okay in terms of like ranking them, but I think he's still so good, you're, I'm allowing like, I don't know, a month for him to get into shape and then be awesome again. Okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I mean, he is, he is really good. I think he's, personally, I think he's a little overhyped right now, just people saying like oh i think he's going like people are people are rating luca on what they think he's going to do more than what he's done so far although last year i mean he was basically running like he was the, he the whole the, offense was him and they had the best offense the, in the league no not even in the league in the history of the nba oh really okay yeah. and that's yeah i knew it was really good pretty impressive yeah for 21 yeah he was yeah. 20 last year too yeah pretty decent i think so. yeah i mean he's good i'd like to see more defensively from him and not the matador defense but yeah, it's it's um, true. But yeah, so then you had see so sorry you had so Luke, I, so you'd Luke at five and who had six AD AD at six. Who do you have at six? Can I, I guess? Yeah, I think it's Steph. No, it's not Steph. No, okay, it's first team all strip club, James oh, Harden at no. number six. So I have That's AD at five, crazy. Harden at six, and then I have Luke at seven. So I just think James Harden is 
Really, really good. Now, people like to hate on him because he puts up all these unreal numbers and they lose in the playoffs. But I have two things to say. First of all, losing in the playoffs... Golden State, um, it was their first year together when they when Houston and Golden State went like toe-to-toe right till Game 7. And that was arguably one of the greatest teams of all time. Like You can say whatever you want. I think if you were to rank them, they're one of the greatest teams ever. And they took them to Game 7, and had they not gone, what, 0 for 28? They missed 28 threes in a row yeah, or something like that? Like, they would have beat them for sure. And they didn't have Chris Paul in that game. I just think James Harden is unreal. I'm not knocking him for that playoff series. I'm knocking him for all the other ones. Dude, how come they come back when he sits on the bench? Corey Brewer, Josh Smith, two of my favorite players. Oh, you're just, going way back. Dude, they came back when he sat on the bench. He's, he doesn't help the team. His off-court, like, crap. I think that would, like, kill your team. And I'm biased. And I think what he did was really shitty. Houston backs you up. Your entire career that you've been there. And then you're just like, nah, I'm out. If I was a Houston fan, I'd be, like, heartbroken. Okay, I don't disagree with you about that. I think, yeah, if I was a Houston fan as well, I'd be heartbroken. But I think he's just he's just too good. I know there's been some playoff series where he hasn't been there. But I think a lot of that is more so the style of play that Houston has played, more so than an indictment on James Harden. Yeah, but but they, like, they literally run isolation ball for the majority of their possessions, or a good chunk of them, and it's Harden going to work and just obliterating teams. And then when he gets it in the playoffs and he's got it going, it's still playoff defenses. People know what's coming. You're playing good teams, and he's just getting bucket after bucket after bucket. I mean, what, what did he do the other night? Like he's looks like you can see with your eyes that he's getting late. <laughs> So you can see, he's getting, so he's got to put on at least 20 pounds. And he just rolls out there and has like 30-point triple-doubles again? Yeah, no, like it's it's great production. Like, And he's, he's a really good player. But I'm always a firm believer that the ball has energy. And when you share the ball, people play harder on defense. And you don't do that with James Harden. You can be into it when you're like a top, you have like a contender and you could win. Like that's... that time when uh, Chris Paul was on his team everyone was bought in because they could have won the championship but like with a team like they got this year it's just like people are going to be like whatever yeah I mean I'll give you that like he does seem to go through teammates you know like like Shaq goes through donuts you know he's just plowing through these teammates no, you should have said Charles Barkley yeah well we yeah, respect Shaq better. but you know he's just going through like he's like okay I want Chris Paul okay he gets Chris Paul one year later they have a they have an unreal season one year later, ah, I don't like Chris Paul. You know what? I want Russ. Okay, Russ comes in. These are their best friends all year long. All you hear about how much they love each other. They have a great time playing together. Ah, no, Russ, Russ ain't it, Chief. Like, give me, give me someone else. How Play much? John Wall. John Wall's not good enough for him. I said, ah, Houston, I'm out. How much would you love an interview with Chris Paul being a hundred percent candid? About I love. It. I think people are pretty candid on the JJ Reddick podcast. Dude, it's pretty. I dope. love. I'd like to see. Uh, I love the Chris Paul. Interview that was a good episode. Him. I'd love to see more dirt though on. Uh, James Harden. I just, but just to recap, I just think James Harden, like, isolation man against anyone in the league, beats, gets him to the rim. I just think he's so good, and people love to hate on him because he hasn't had as much success in the postseason. Yeah. But I think he's just, I think he's incredible. Yeah, he's a great regular season player. Okay, so who do you, I don't, I don't have anything to say to that. <laughs> I, think he, I think he's done it in the pl- playoffs, and people aren't giving him as much credit for it because teams adjust. I think it's more of a team thing, but... I think James Harden is one of the best players we have. So so that's your sixth guy? So yeah, so I had 80 at five, James Harden at six, and then I have Luca at seven. We've already talked about him. 
Yeah, so I have AD at six, and at seven, not James Harden. I have it? Steph Curry. So you have Curry in front of Harden. Yeah. Okay, so my response to that would be, okay, James Harden is doing what Steph Curry is doing this year, and he's done it for the last five years. And he's just been unreal numbers. Team is like a top four seed in the West. And Golden State... Now, granted, Golden State needs some time to get it together because it's all new for them. And they got terrible teammates. But, yeah, well, I mean, they got bench guys starting for them, and they got G League guys on their bench. Oh. But, <laughs> you know, I think, I don't, I don't, just don't think Steph is that good. I think Harden's better than and Steph. And my response to that would be the style of play. Steph Curry, you can put on any team, and he'll be amazing. You put him on Detroit, and he'll be amazing. Yeah. Detroit has better players than Golden State. <laughs> That's a hot take right there. They got Blake Griffin. They got Derrick Rose. Those guys are Those guys like, like real washed. players. Yeah, you're right. Like they're not the greatest, and obviously Detroit should have signed Christian Wood, and it drives me crazy. You're a Pistons I'm fan, no one Pistons here. fan. Yeah, you know, it makes me a little crazy. Um, but Steph, you can put him on any team. He'll be fantastic. You could put him on the Lakers, and he, the team would be. Like the greatest team of all time. You put James Harden on the Lakers, how much better did they get? Better, not, for sure. Yeah, but not that. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I think. Steph Curry, any situation, he makes his teammates a thousand times better. James Harden just stands. I guess you talk about this in. Uh, and he stands. So Philly, like, Philly's thinking about trading for James Harden, and people are hesitant. But I guess that's a good point you make. Like, I would trade Ben Simmons for uh, Steph Curry in a heartbeat, but Easy. I wouldn't trade him for James Harden. Yeah. Like, I personally wouldn't. So, and, like, the problem with James Harden, he dribbles. If he doesn't get anything, he passes, and then he, like, backs up to half court and then just chills there. He is the system. He is the system, which is a problem. At least move a little bit off off ball. Steph Curry, amazing off-ball mover, and he just yeah. he gets open looks for his teammates His off-ball movement is top-notch. And, like, he, never, he can't get, like, any stats for that, but, like, if he cross-screens for someone and two guys follow him and, like, the guy passes to a layup... That's not recorded anywhere that Steph did, but, like, yeah. he made that. Yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, Steph Curry is unreal. Um, I have him a little bit lower down my list. Uh, where, so, wait, where, when, what are we on right now? What number? That's seven for seven. me. Seven. Okay, so so I had Luka at seven behind Harden, and then I had Curry at eight. So, Curry right eight. there. So, I did. So, we both had Luka above Steph. Yeah. Um, you had a much higher, but... I think like I, I had him two you. spots higher. Okay, how much higher is that? Not that. Didn't you have him separated by a tier? I did have him separated by a tier. So for me, they're all in the same tier. But I think I agree with you everything you said about Steph. But I just think that Steph. I think so. I have Luca ahead of Steph. Uh, just I'll say this. I know you had him as well. I think because like you said, he's running his own offense, and it was one of the best offenses of all time, if not the best. Um, Luca's a better playmaker, like. Not as good shooter, but, you know, they're pretty Gets cool. And the then rim. defense is pretty much a wash with both of them. Now, I just think Harden is better than Steph for the reasons I was saying. Like, he's just so good one-on-one and when, he, when he's actually engaged. But, I, I mean, when that's true. That? When he's engaged. When is that? That's, that's quite the qualifier <laughs> to be throwing around. Yeah. So, that's so who one. do you have for number eight? So, eight is Steph. Eight is Steph? Okay, eight for me is Jokic. Okay, that's a little high for me. Yo, see, I I can see how some people would think of that. Do you see how good he's moving around? He's, like, lost weight, and he's moving great. You know, he averages, what, 10 assists or whatever? He also leads the league in turnovers? 
I don't care. You don't care. You don't Dude, care. Great response see, it's, there. I don't care. High level analysis. Like, when you're, like, it's different times, types of turnovers. When you're throwing a pass for a teammate that might be open, that's a different type of turnover than you being sloppy with the ball and getting picked. I agree with that. So, the turnovers, like, if you compare Ben Simmons and Embiid's turnovers, which are brutal and just crazy... Compared to Jokic's turnovers, totally different class. And Jokic, he makes his teams better, and he just he plays so good. I don't disagree with you. I don't. He's not too far down my list. Um, you know, he's a he is a great player, and he's starting to get more, become more of a scorer, which is really pushing him up the list. Um, he is a great playmaker, but I don't think that like, he doesn't add much defensively for a big. I would, I would disagree. I think he's a good defensive player. Good team defender. You know, not very good individually. Good team he's defender. smart. But I think he's... I think that's huge. Being smart. When Tim Duncan was old, he was still an excellent yeah, defender. Yeah, that's true. Because he was super smart. And I think it's going to be the same case for Jokic throughout his career. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue that he's a bad player. I have him at number 10. But I just think... It's a ta- I, I put Dame at number 9. Okay. So I had Dame Lillard. What about 8? I got 8 for Jokic. So I had 8 with Steph. Oh, okay, okay. So I had Steph, then I have Dame... I, I have Dame at number nine as well. Okay, so I think I don't think much needs to be said about Lillard. I mean, he's he's really good. Um, you know, the fourth quarter is called Dame time for a reason. You know, he can just once he gets going, you know, you can't stop him. And the pair of him and McCollum are, you know, pretty much unguardable when they're going, and they've carried the Blazers for years. You hear what teammates say about his leadership, and it's obviously he's a fantastic person. It's it's yeah. He's really got unlimited range, uh, especially the last couple of years. He started hoist like hoisting from real deep, and you know he can get to the rim. He's really got that big explosion, and he's a great playmaker. I mean, I just think he's a great guy, great player. Um, you know, and you know here, uh, I guess we're kind of close to Vancouver. You know, gotta love the Blazers, give him a little hometown. Oh love. yeah, of course, yeah. He's but, the closest team to us. Sadly, but yeah, I think Dame's great, and then I have, and then I have a gap, so I have. Dame at nine, and then in that tier, just to recap, I have Harden, Luca, Steph, and Dame. And then I have a gap, and then my number 10 is Jokic. Okay, so my number 10, still in tier two, is James Harden. Okay. You know, I'm not going to argue too much. We've talked about him. I would have him a little higher, but, you know, I think you made some good points about him. I'm a very biased person. <laughs> <laughs> and then who do you got at 11 there? 11, I have Jimmy Butler. Okay. That's interesting. And, then, and this, is, this is a new tier as well. This tier. is my third tier. Okay. So I got Paul George at number 11. I have a Paul George. Paul George. Pandemic okay. P, playoff P, whatever you want to call him. I got him there at number 11. All right. Defend yourself. Well, you know, there's a reason people are upset. Because he's a good player. He's really, really good. Like, a couple years ago, I know this is probably his best year, but a couple years ago in OKC, we're talking about Paul George for MVP. Exactly. He's really, like, he can shoot it. You see some of these shots he takes coming off pick and rolls. He looks like Clay Thompson, you know, these ridiculous pull-up threes or pull-up jumpers. Gets to the rim. Terrific defender, by the way. You know, that's something that the last couple guys in the world, Lillard's okay, but we're talking about Steph, Doncic, Harden. Like, these guys are not great defenders. Paul George, great wing defender. And I think he's a great offensive player. Has he struggled in the playoffs? Yes, he has. But that was one year of playoff struggle for him. I know he didn't wasn't the best in OKC in the playoffs, but I just think he's terrific. And they're, like people wouldn't be upset if he wasn't good. And he's showing people what he can do again at the beginning of this season. 
Do you know how many times he gets to the free throw line? No. He gets to the free throw line twice a game. He shoots an average of four free throws a game. This is this year and the year before. When he was in OKC, he, he went to the free throw line seven times a game, or seven free throws total. I hate that he doesn't go to the, like, go to the cup with strength. Strength. He does shoot a lot of pull-up jumpers. A lot. A lot. But, what's, like, what's his percentage on there? Like, I'm sure he's shooting a nice percentage from the field, you know? For sure he is. Like, no doubt about it. He's shooting almost 50% on threes this year. He shot 41% last so year. So 40-plus percent three-point shooter. That's an outstanding three-point shooter. And then he hits the backboard in the playoffs. Hey, as long as you call it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pass. I mean, I don't know. Like that was a bad, bad look. But you know, everyone's gonna chuck up some bricks every now and then. It is bad timing, and that was a horrible series for the Clippers. I mean, yes, we have to sit here and blame Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they were the leaders on the team, and you know it's their responsibility. But I think it was just a bad situation. Like the whole team was crumbling. They had no. They're not playing with any kind of emotion. You know, it almost felt like Doc Rivers had bumped it out the door because people were already talking about, oh, he's gone if they lose. He's gone if they lose. I mean. We also have to add, there's a human factor to this. This is happening during a pandemic, and it's happening during a bubble where you can't talk to any of your family members. We don't really know what's happening with his family and everything like that. I think, so, but I, I don't know. I'll push back on that. I think, you know, you not push that back you, on I it. do. I think, you know, really? not that you can say you can have someone's mental health or whatever and say, you know, oh, they're making it up because a lot of the stuff is hard and you don't know what people are going through. But, you know, it seems like he has these bad games. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm struggling mentally. You know, it's hard being in the... And he's great. It's like, oh, life is great. You know, I'm catching fish. You know, I just am in a much better place. And what, this is a week later? And he's a bad game. He's like, same thing. I mean, I don't know. See, I, I wouldn't buy too much into that. Just because someone, like, presents everything is going good one week, it still might not be. Like, you always want to give, like, an outward expression so of everything's going well. So wouldn't that same thing apply to when things are going bad? No, like, I think people can understand when things are going hard and like you most of the time you want to keep it good but like everyone's so that this backs up my point that paul george is a better player than people think and i that's why i have him at number 11 dude i agree and that's why i have him at number 12 so you have so then so you had butler at 11 11 and paul pg at 12 yeah okay so i had paul george at 11 and butler at 12 okay so we flipped on those okay so why do you have butler ahead why do you have jimmy ahead of his balls are huge Balls are huge. Balls great are huge. quote. Dude, and like, if we look at his stats this year, they're atrocious. And you want, you know what? I don't care. I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a good player. Perfect two-way. Like, he plays great defense. You know, he's not going to tolerate any shit. Puts, like, brings people around him better. But I don't think his offensive game is as good as Paul George overall. Like, I think last year he had a really good playoff run when he was playing out of his mind. But and I think he's found a really good home in Miami, uh, in terms of a cultural fit. But I don't think he's better than Paul. I think Paul George is much better offensively. You know, I think that's it's a decent point. But I think the amount of work that Jimmy Butler puts in to like getting his teammates involved, I think that's on purpose. And he could score more, I believe. And just for you guys who don't know, he's averaging ten points, ten point eight points per game this year. How this many year. Were like, Two weeks into the season, I don't think this matters. Obviously, it doesn't matter. And it's like they just came off the bubble. They had – he played a ton. So I don't buy anything into that, obviously. But, yeah, you're right. 
These stats aren't really backing up your point that he's better than Paul George. So it, I'd like it to point isn't, that but all his intangibles. He's the best intangible player out there besides Damian Lillard. And we'll put LeBron at the top of that list. Just I won't. You won't? I won't. Why? Because LeBron's the greatest player in this generation. And it's because he's a really good player, not because he's, you know, a great leader. He is I, a great I leader. Think LeBron, I think that LeBron is a terrific leader. I don't think Kevin Love would agree with you. No. The guy who delivered him a ring? And almost delivered him too if if what's who who the guy in Boston Dude, who pulled you, Kevin Love's shoulder out of his arm? Or out Kelly of his Oh. So you can like LeBron delivered him a ring, that's true. And you can also believe he's not a good leader. Cause his his passive aggressiveness is on point. It's next level, I would say. <laughs> and like how I don't I don't buy into that leadership. Like Still a great leader, obviously, but not not my top two leadership. Maybe number three. Okay. Well, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, for but, sure. So behind this PG-Jimmy Butler tandem here, at number 13, I have Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Okay. Interesting. Who do you got at 13? I have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Well, I mean, I have him at 14, so not too much farther. Where's Tatum for you? Tatum, we'll we'll talk about that so when we lower. get there. He's 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 lower, definitely. Yeah. Just to talk about Tatum a bit, I hate his game. You hate his game. I hate how many jumpers he takes. Have and you not seen? He's a great shooter. No, he's 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 a great shooter, but he's had like three game-winning shots this year, and every time, heavily contested jumper, he's made one. He banked one over Giannis. That shot goes in like ten percent of the time. That is not what you want in the last minute shot. It's it looks like he's just trying to get like a mid range jumper to win the game. Get something better. What's wrong in the mid range jumper? This is this is the elbow jumper podcast after all. So you know what's wrong with a mid range jumper? It's not just the mid range jumper. It's the heavily contested mid range jumper. He's playing to go into overtime. You mean like when they're down two? No, uh, he when they're even. So anything wins. Exactly. But please get to the hoop. I mean, I don't know. We can debate specific plays later. But I I agree with that uh, as a broad statement. But, I mean, you say he's shooting too many jumpers. Well, his rookie year, he shot 43% from three. 37% next year. Last year, he shot 40% from three. I'm I'm not talking about from three. I'm I'm talking talking about about long-range jumpers. I'm talking about long range. He jumpers. did shoot a lot of mid range jumpers threes. in his second year, and then he turned those into threes and better looks in last year, which is where he kind of took a leap. And I think he's like he's the go to guy in Boston right now. Like he's terrific. I just think like his offensive game is really really nice. He's got a great jumper, great great explosion. He can get to the rim, doesn't get to the rim as much as I'd like, but definitely. I but mean, I think he's really good. I, my same gripe with Jason Tatum is the same gripe with Paul George. Does not get to the line enough. He goes. He shoots three free throws a game. That's something that's going to come with time. What he's in his he's in his mean? fourth year now, so he's again his rookie year, okay. And then he had the next year where he was just like, you know, in love with Kobe and wanted to shoot all these deep long twos, you know. And everyone in Boston was just like, and he still does. I know he's turned a lot of those long twos into threes. Like I would disagree with you there. But to give props to Tatum, he's an excellent defensive player now. He is. His, de- his defense is underrated. I think a lot of look, people look at him and say, oh, he's purely offensive, but he's, he's certainly not a liability on defense. He's a quality defensive player for sure. Definitely. 
So for 14, who do you have? I have Joel Embiid at 14. Joel Embiid. Okay, and I have Ben Simmons. I got Oh, that. my God. You have Ben Simmons in front of Jason Tatum. I have the Philly duo Are you that. kidding me? No, I'm not. This is ridiculous. So Ben Simmons it can't shoot. Can't shoot free throws. Can't shoot jumpers. Can't shoot threes. Can't shoot anything. Like... It was on how many Instagram pages when he hit, finally hit a three? From the corner, mind you. So it was a short three. Best defensive wing in the NBA. If you want to call him a wing, maybe. I think Kawhi's better than him defensively. I don't. You think Ben Simmons is better than Kawhi Leonard? Kawhi Leonard got lit up by Jamal Murray in the playoffs. Oh, my God. What? What? He didn't get lit up by him. He got He lit wasn't up. on in the whole series. Oh, Jamal Murray counted. was going off. He was. Okay. I don't think anyone was stopping that. I don't think Ben Simmons is as good defensively. I think he's too slow to guard the smaller, quicker guys. And yes, he is bigger, which would be helpful. Everybody focuses on what he can't do. What he can do is get open threes for his teammates and get buckets. What do you mean when he gets to the when he gets starts going to the rim, then he panics because he has no floaters, no mid range game, doesn't have a great touch around the rim. Like he gets he, to the rim and he, he has to pass. He has like good teams touch are gonna the rim. no, not yeah, as good does. as guys like Giannis. Like he's not. Well, Giannis is like the second best player in the NBA. Yeah, but That's he's a supposed weird to be similar like holding that. him too. I think his touch around the rim needs to be better. No. I think teams could live with him driving and then trying to go one-on-one with a help defender. Teams would not be happy with him driving. They'd be happy with him shooting. They would be. So why do you want him to shoot more threes? I don't want him to shoot more threes. I said he can't shoot threes, which is important in this day and age, you know, when you have to space the floor. I don't he, think Ben Simmons is nearly as good as that. I mean, he's much farther down my list, I think. is limited offensively. Yes, he's a great playmaker, but... To be honest... I, I debated probably the most over who I put ahead, Embiid or Simmons. Really? I don't, I, so Joel Embiid is firmly better than Ben Simmons, in my opinion. He's an MVP caliber center. So when I made this list, it was early on in the season, and Embiid is playing much, much better than Simmons. But like I was kind of just tired of Embiid. Just, he still does a lot of things that drives me crazy, like shoot threes. Talking about shooting threes, I don't think he should shoot any. I think maybe one a game. I'd be happy with one a game. But, like, going off with Embiid for a second here, it's, it's not just the threes he takes that the defense loves. It's all the times he catches it on the three-point line in, like, an advantage situation. Pump fakes. Nobody goes for it. And then you're just... The advantage is done. The closeout situation is done. If he catches it deeper, that's a one dribble. It's too quick for anybody to double-team. And I love it. And Embiid is playing great and good for him. So Embiid is like defensive player of the year quality. Like Embiid's a better defender than Simmons. Would you say that? Because Embiid's an outstanding post defender, and then he also gives you the rim protection. And Ben Simmons is a really good wing defender, maybe excellent wing defender. So they're equal on one-on-one defenders, and that's a stretch, but I'll give you that. And I'd say Embiid is more helpful to the team because he provides rim protection. I would actually say Simmons is better. And hear me out for a second. There's a certain offense that can target Embiid. James Harden going up against Embiid, Damian Lillard going up against Embiid, that's a mismatch. When and what situation, like you mean, pick and rolls? Like pick and rolls, switches, like for some of those players, you just have to switch or else they're going to get open. And Simmons, that's never a mismatch. Ben Simmons is more switchable. Like I, that's for sure. Like One to five. But I don't know, like what he averages... How many blocks did he average last year? He averaged 0.6 blocks. Under one block per game. And this guy's 6'10". Blocks don't matter. 
Blocks don't matter. Blocks don't matter. Block, you know, blocks, blocks talk about how much you affect shots. How do you alter shots? No. Shot, like the stat that looks at shot, shots altered, that measures the shots altered. Block shots, it means nothing. JaVale McGee had a lot of block shots. That's because he got beat, and nine times out of ten, the guy would just do a layup because he's out of position. And then that one time out of ten, he blocks them because he's long. And Joel, or JaVale McGee, high block status. Is he a good post defender? Is no. he a good rim protector? No, no. Yeah, so blocks don't mean anything. I think blocks do mean something, so... It, it depends on the situation. Miles Turner gets a lot of blocks, and he's good. Yeah. That's real. I think Joel Embiid is better. To, you're not going to convince me that Ben Simmons is a better defender. Yes, he's more switchable, but there's things I, you can do when the big switches on to the little guy. You can have other guys help. This is also my problem with, with Rudy Gobert. There's certain offensive that makes you a bad defensive player, and that's, that's tough to get around. No, def, or no offense is going to make Ben Simmons look like a bad defensive player. That, right. that statement is true, and that's an interesting way of looking at it. But I think instead of saying, like, why don't we find the one way where Embiid looks bad defensively, why don't we look at all the other ways where he's better? I would say I, I would do that because there's a lot of playoff teams that they can face that would make him look bad. Kyrie Irving can make him bad. Kevin Durant can make him look if bad. If Kyrie Irving is doing his thing, going losing his mind, shooting ridiculous shots off the dribble in the playoffs, I'm happy with that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about him when we get to him. I don't. I think I think I think Joel Embiid is definitely better than Ben Simmons, like firmly. All right, better than Ben Simmons. I, so I, he's at my fourteen. Agree to disagree. Who do you have at fifteen? I have the book, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Oh, okay. I hear you. I've loved this kid ever since he was in Kentucky. Great player, great shooter. Fair. You know, I'm a big fan of Devin Booker as well. Underrated playmaker, like averaging like in the four to six assist range. Uh, Every year, which is great, you know, for a ball-dominant scorer like that. Like, you talk about other guys are always trying to, oh, I wish I could get a little bit better playmaker. He's a great playmaker. Killer, like, when he gets going. Uh, I just think he's terrific. I agree with everything you said. I just, I don't have him quite as high. I think he does what you say, but just a bit lower of a level than what you have him. I have Bam Adebayo, and this is the start of my Tier 4. Okay. I have Bam, I have Bam at 16. Okay. Bam, same as uh, Simmons, super switchable. He can move. He's he good is at like for a big. He's very switchable, very yeah. fast. There's some guards that can expose him, but they still have to work to get it. Strong too. You see that block on everyone saw that block on Tatum last year. Yeah, and you don't do that unless you're really strong, reaching back, <laughs> blocking that. Yeah, our uh, resident fix uh, fitness expert. Logan. Oh yeah, yeah. I know I'm here with the life advice, fitness tips. <laughs> I think uh, I think Bam. I, he's really good. Like he's a big, you know. He's just what you want to be when you're when you're center. Like he can grab the ball and then just take take it up the break himself. Guy, you know, he's got things to work on, but super modern player. Yeah, you would love to have. Very good. He's at addition. He's a plus to any team. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. Like he's a big, but doesn't play. Like he's a five, but he doesn't drag your team down. Like oh, we have to play big because we got a five out there. Yeah. I think he can play as forward. He's just he's great in all situations. Okay, so that was my 16 with Bam. So I had Booker at 15, Bam at 16. 16, I have Kyrie Irving. Oh my god. You've got to be kidding me. Dude, I think a lot of people will be offended he's fallen this low. Really? I do. I think a lot of the kids on TikTok that have two-second attention spans, all they want to see is highlights, might think he's fallen too low. I mean, he's a nut, like, he's a nut job. He left Boston, and Boston got better. Kyrie Irving is better than Kemba Walker. Yes. 
he left Boston, and Boston got better because they lost all the drama, all of him trying to do his own thing. Also, their young guys got better. See, the thing is, you're making all the arguments I wanted to make because I thought you would have had him much higher. I think most people would have him much higher. I think he's crazy, but his talent is undeniable. I think he's good, yeah, but I don't know. I have him, like, he just barely cracks my top 25. Barely cracks, barely top cracks my top 25. I just think he's too much, like, he's a psycho. Like, I mean, I know half the time is he's joking, but, like, is you he? know, that's the thing. You talk about, he's talking about flat earth, and people don't understand if he's being serious or not, because he's, he's a little bit, you know, aloof, to say the least. But he's a great player. I'm not going to die. Like, he's a great player. Terrific scoring. If you're talking about rolling guys out in a one-on-one game, he may become top five in the league. But I, I don't know. I just don't think he contributes to a winning team. I, I hear everything you're saying, but he's shooting over 40% on high volume on threes, and he's shooting almost 50% from the field. This year he is. Last year he was Yeah, but you know, so is James Harden, and people say he's not a winner in the James playoffs. Harden is not shooting the percentages that Kyrie Irving is. James Harden, he takes a ton of threes. He's not 40%. That's true. I, Kyrie is more efficient, but I think I just don't think Kyrie Irving can play winning basketball on a team without getting wrapped up in himself. Like it was took a lot for him to stay in Cleveland for as long as he did, and then he wanted out. You know, and he won a ring literally with LeBron under him. I I agree with all this, and this is why I put him outside my top fifteen, and I thought that was lower than what you would have had. So I thought okay. I would be making the arguments you're making, but well, yeah, I mean he's a great player. I just don't think he's a winner. I'm not a Kyrie fan. All right, who do you have at 17? I have Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, what arguments did you just make? Not a winner. He's not a winner. What? Minnesota's terrible. They have four first, or three first-round picks. Yeah. Or for number one overall picks. And three of them. So they have, are you talking about Anthony Edwards? Yeah. Cat, are you talking about Wiggins still? Isn't D'Angelo? No, he was two. Yeah. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I think I think Cat's what he is. he's a do it all big. Like he is defensively, no, leaves he's a little not bit a to do be desired. Defensively, he's offense. bad, so he's not do it all already. He's bad defensively. He's bad for a big, but no, he's still he's just bad. Good. He's just bad. Just I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's as bad as you say he is. Name a center who's worse than him. Javale McGee. All right. If you want to take okay, the that's... bottom, name a starter <laughs> who's worse than him. I don't know if you can. Yeah, who's Toronto starting? Alex Len or whatever? Who's tr- he's or better than Chris Tristan Thompson. I would not no, say he's better not, than Tristan Thompson. Are talking about just defensively? Defensively. Okay, yeah, Tristan Thompson's better. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying like the whole thing overall. I don't know. Cat's I can't good. think of one on the top of my head here. but Maybe Thomas Bryant. That's who I thought of. Thomas Bryant's worth, worth yeah. on defense. Okay. But, I mean, I I didn't put him here because of his defense. I put him here because of his offense. He's a seven-footer who can do anything. I mean, just a couple years ago... Your whole out- argument with... Kyrie Irving can just be put to Cat and, like, double it. No, you can double it. So far. Cat hasn't unwound he's good got, teams. He's got good teammates, and yet they're still a terrible team. He doesn't have good teammates. Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio, good. Ricky Rubio was, like, people were saying he was almost about out of the league. Then he went to, what, did he go to Phoenix for a couple years? Now he's back. He went to a couple of teams. And now he's back. He's been good everywhere he's been. I don't I wouldn't say good. He's been a good playmaker, but... He, he's like he's not a great player, but he's a good player, definitely. D'Angelo Russell, good player. Not a winner either. Like Minnesota, I just don't think is set up for success. Malik Beasley, Hern or er, Juancho, all good players, but that team is trash. And it's because you don't have 
like a best player out there. I don't know. You know, that's fine. So that's your number 17? That's my 17, yeah. All right. My 17 is Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Now that guy's a winner. Yeah, he is. He's good. He's a great player. I mean, I'm not going to... And going off with, like, the Jazz in general, people are sleeping on them. They're better than Denver. Like, their team is better than Denver. They're damn close. I mean, especially with the addition of Conley, they're good. Yeah. And, like, if we look at it, last year they played in the playoffs, game seven, like, most times they're going to win that yeah, series. Yeah, down to the wire. And they're missing their third best player, Bogdanovich. He's huge for this team. And then they added Derek Favors, who is a great backup center. That team is great, and it's led by Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah, I, I think Donovan Mitchell's a great player. I think he, he's a, could, he could still become better offensively. Like he's a great defender, a good defender. Um, I think he can still just get a little bit more, add a little bit more to his offensive game, you know, a little better shooter, a little more creativity, more, you know, give him the ball, get out of the way in case it's end-of-the-game situation. But, yeah, I think he's a great, great player. I, I have him a little late, a little lower down my list of 20 there. But... Yeah, and then I, so that was my so I had Cat at seventeen, all right. And then eighteen, I have Ben Simmons. Okay, nice. Okay, at eighteen, I have Tatum, and that's that's the last or no, Donovan was the last of my tier four. This is the beginning of my tier five. So my my tier was stop after Bam, and then it went to Cat. Can you just start over again? Like just explain so, like the listing again from the bottom. No, no, no. Just from like the last few ones. Oh, yeah. I got a bit okay, so I had a tier. So I have Embiid, Booker, and Bam, 14, 15, 16 in their own tier. And okay. that is above, and that's below the Tatum, Butler, Paul George, Jokic tier. And then now I have 17 just to 25, everyone. Here I think is pretty, not pretty, but marginally interchangeable. Starting with Cat at 17, and then Ben Simmons at 18. Okay. No, I hear you. This is my last tier as well, starting from 18 to 25, so. You can really tell there's a difference in uh, levels to these guys. The top players really hold their own tiers. So I had 18 with Tatum. We talked about him. He's a great player. I'm biased. I probably put him lower than he should be. So you, why are you biased against him? Because I don't like his game. Yeah. I don't know. I think um, I think this year will be a big year, cause, big year for him because Kemba Walker's out for a little while. Um, you know, how can they do without him? Jalen Brown's really taking a step forward, for sure. I love Jalen Brown. Um but I think Tatum, like, this is almost his... Offensively, it's his team. So we'll see. Sure. Maybe at the end of this year, he'll move up your list a little bit. Yeah. So then who do you got at 19 there? See, this this might shock you, but I have John Morant. John Morant. That's I, high. I, I realize. But I'm looking at these other guys, and I'm like, I would rather have John. I don't know. Who do you have at 19? At 19? 19, I got Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what he's shown the last couple of years, I've been really impressed by. And I mean, he's always been a good shooter. Um, I think he's a really good scorer, and he's leading a team in Washington. Yeah. To a 2-8 and eight record. Uh, yeah, they've had a rough start. What's, what's their... What's their... But they're trying to... You know, they're they're starting over, really, with a new... They got rid of John Wall. They got Russell Westbrook in there. But, I don't know. I think Bradley Beal's really good. 2-5 um, and five is the record. 2-5, and five, yeah. What? Yeah. Something into the season? Are we going to cry over this? I, 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 I think Washington was him on his own. He's, I think a lot of teams could benefit from adding Bradley Beal. Like people talk about, he's the number two guy on a championship team. This is this is a great point. He fits in at all teams. He's great at off ball movement. He's a great player. Like I think you move him away from Washington, people would 
you move up a lot of people, it's like you put them in a winning situation. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, this guy's good. And like, I'm looking at my list and I, I realize, you know, Bradley Beal should have been at my top 25. So he's not in your top 25? He's not in my top 25. Wow. And he, he probably should have been. Well, I guess I, like, that's why you're rookie you. at making these kind of lists. Because, you know, that's a rookie mistake right there. Oh, but Jaws. He's very John, good. Well, John Morant, I mean, you could talk about him. I just, I think he really, like, you talk about, like, Memphis right now is just, like, scrambling this tread water. And, yeah. you know, Jaws in there. And he's really, like, makes a big difference on winning. Yeah. I forget about his game. But. And Memphis might be screwed because Jaws out for, like, five weeks. And in this shortened season, that could really sink your playoff hopes. And it's, it's, it's too bad. But if I want to talk about athleticism, how high he got to sprain his ankle. Did you see that? My God, he got high. Yeah, that guy can jump. How many guys did he write and put on a poster in his rookie year? Like, he's when he tried to, like, basically Crazy. tried to just ruin Kevin Love's life. He just, you know. He, he has a lot of missed dunks. He might be leading the league in missed dunks. But... Yeah. He usually gets fouled on them, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, Memphis right now, you know, they're 2-5 and five at the bottom of the West, but I yeah. think, I think like, Jaw's really good. I'd like to see more than just a rookie year from him before I put him in my top 25. That's a great point. But I'm, I'm definitely counting in, like, him improving in this listing, and yeah. whether that's fair or not, you know. I don't know. He's a good player, um, you know. Got lots of promise. A pretty good playmaker, too, for being a rookie. For sure, yeah. Um, you know, he gets a little bit more of a jumper, and then that's what we say about everyone, but it does help so much. Um, you know, I think he really could get really good very soon. Rookie point guards never have good series that's very or true. good seasons. And his was, you know, it's on the level of like a Chris Paul. Yeah, NBA rookies just in general usually struggle. Yeah, and, and especially really well. point guards. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, great season. And I think he's going to be an awesome player. So that was 19 for you? This is 19 for me. So I guess that's our, and then to round out my top 20, I have Donovan Mitchell. Okay, so fair enough. So, my top 20. It's good. Um, maybe he should have been in front of Bradley Beal, but I just think, like, I still think about Bradley Beal. Like, I think you move him to a more winning situation. I think a lot of people would really, you know, take notice. I hear you. This this is probably going to be... I don't know how I feel about this last 20 pick for me. It's Zion Williamson. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Zion, no. so I made a little extra... Uh, list just because there's guys were leaving off the top 25 in case something like this happened, like this blasphemy right here. So Zion slides in at number 35 for me. I mean, low. so you're talking about a top 20. Is this 20 or 21? This is 20. So your top 20 NBA player Don't is being yanked on it's... and off the court in the last quarter because they, he's either out of shape or the coach doesn't trust him. But like, you think if he's a top 20 NBA guy, the coach would leave him in the game. You're right. But what happened when he came in the court? Came on the court. Good things happen. But why is he getting Great called off? Great things happen. Do you think Stan Van Gundy's just a complete moron? No, I think he's out of shape. And, you know, you got to give him more rest, which is unfortunate. And Zion, he's just so good. He's really good. But I think he shows flashes where he's good and the flashes where he's lost. Dude, on defensively, he's Defensively, he's, he's tough. He's bad. And offensively, I don't know how much he thinks the game. Like, obviously, to make an NBA, you have to be a really high-level thinker. But... You know, compared to these other NBA guys, I think especially through college and high school, it was just him and his athleticism, you know, ruling everything. And I really want to see more from Zion before I put him up there. You know, because right now it's Brandon Ingram's team, it looks like. Which is which is what I was going to go into it. That's the problem. You know, Zion Williamson is better than Brandon Ingram. 
And I agree with you. I have Brandon Ingram at number 36, directly behind Zion. And if we think about like what happened in yesterday, yesterday's game, where they went into overtime, they lost because Brandon Ingram tried to take over the game, and he shot every time down the court. And they just... It's... Ah, it was tough. The team has to switch to Zion's team, and I think there we'll be able to see... So that was the game on January 4th against the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was rough for them down the stretch to lose that one. Um, for sure. I, I agree. Like, I think Zion's really good, and he's shown flat. Like, for number one pick, he comes in the league, and I was thinking, like, how good can this guy be? You know, he's, he runs over everyone at Duke, and he comes in, and there's, you know, in the preseason, there's always there's that clip they show where he rips the ball out of someone's hand, and it just dunks on him. Like, Kevin Knox. Bounce. Poor Kevin Knox. Yeah, I mean... You know, he turns the ball over quite a bit, too, for how much he plays. He really needs to polish up a lot of his game, but he, he's definitely, like, he, he does show flashes, and he, he shows really high-level flashes. Exactly. It's, that's my whole point. His flashes that he shows are top 10 worthy. Okay. So then, so that was your 20 there. Yeah. And I had Mitchell at 20. So who do you have for 21? I have Chris Paul. Me as well. Nice. We're back on track here. Yeah, I mean... I don't, do you want to talk about Chris Paul? Man, I would have loved to put Chris Paul higher. He's a bit older now. But, like, he's just... He's such a winning player. And it's hard not to respect him. And he, everywhere he goes, the team outperforms. And his presence on a team really makes that team better. Crunch time, they're great. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. That's a, a big reason why I had him up here. Is because he he's just such a winner. Like, he goes... Like, he changes culture of teams like you know goes to okc and they're what were they four or five seed they were in they that were four or five series yeah i think they were five against um, Fort houston you know and they played really well and then he comes to phoenix and i know phoenix was starting like phoenix is close and then the way they played in the bubble was really good uh you know they got monty williams in there but i great think coach. he just he yeah well he's a great coach but i think that chris paul didn't really elevate teams and he provides that you know, give me the ball, get out of the way kind of thing. Now with Chris Paul, it'll probably be more pick-and-roll style. But it really complements things in Phoenix. And I think Chris Paul, like, you can add to any team, basically, maybe a plus. Yeah, for sure. His leadership is next level. For 22, I have Devin Booker. That's low. It is low. And, you know, you'd love to put these guys higher, but, like, I just think everybody above them, probably besides so, Zion, is better than him. So this is this is now twice. So you put... Did you have Ben Simmons above Joel Embiid? No. So you almost did, though, you said. I almost did. 13 so, and 14. Yeah, so I had Embiid at 14, and then Simmons lower at 18. But, so, but my point here is that I had Booker at 15, and we both had Chris Paul at 21. So I had Booker above Paul, and then you had Paul above Booker. And this is almost twice now we've had this with teammates. So I think Booker is better than Chris Paul. Like, just straight up. And I think Chris Paul is better than Booker. Like... Obviously, if you have you, who do you want on your team for like the long term? It's definitely Devin Booker because Chris Paul only has like one or two years more of like being productive. Who knows? I honestly. think productive he can get a lot more because his game doesn't rely on athleticism. Yeah, you're right, definitely. But if like Bill Simmons, who we're, we're both big fans of, he's talking about like the history of the point guard position. Very few players have the longevity that Chris Paul does. Yes, but I think that Devin Booker is just. It's harder. It's harder to find a Devin Booker than it is a Chris Paul in terms of a a, a guy who's going to take that last shot for you. I think it's just harder. Like to get your score, your centerpiece score there is harder to find than your leader and a pat playmaker. 
game seven of a series, who's going to take the last shot? Yeah, Chris Paul. Who took it last year? Fade away, double, like fade away over Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was it? I think. And I, I had the greatest take at the time, saying Dennis Schroeder should have taken that shot. He could get past people, and Chris Paul was a bit slow. Schroeder but, wasn't on the Suns. No, no, no. Last year with OKC. Oh, okay. Schroeder should have taken that last shot, I thought. I was talking about the Booker shot over the Clippers. Oh, okay. At the, in the bubble. Oh, I thought you were talking last season. But yeah, yeah you know, I, I agree it should be Booker, but I think sometimes it will be Chris Paul. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah. So that was what for you was Booker? That was 22. Okay, so 22, I have Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Eh, you respect. Good he, old Canadian boy. Yeah, I mean, he's great. I mean, he really took it to the next level in last year's uh, in the bubble. Um, you know, really showed that he could be a number one or, you know, I think him and Jokic, at least the way they played last year was 1A, 1B, not really 1 and 2. But I think, I mean, his shooting is really good. Really, really good shooter. Um, he's good, decent, pl- decent enough playmaker, and they have Jokic there to cover up for him with that. Now, I know that's not really fair because we're talking about you know overall best players, but I think great shooter, great scorer, like gets to the rim as well, and can create his own shot as well as play out of pick and roll and stuff. Defender leaves a little bit to be desired, but for sure, yeah. And like he has a problem. Like right now, he's only averaging like sixteen points per game. He always starts off slow. That's been like his mo. Yeah. Starting in the league. You expect him to get better. I think I don't think it's like fitness is his probably. I think it's just his comfort level, getting used to the team. Um yeah, great player. Is he in your top twenty five? Um let me check here. No, he is not in no. the top twenty five. Damn. Well, okay, well who do you have next there at twenty three? Twenty three, I have Brandon Ingram. Oof. I know, I hated this now, too. That's how you're big, so you're big on New Orleans now. I'm not, which is why he shouldn't be in my list. So you made a list, and you're already second-guessing it. This, is, this happened a while ago. Like, you watch what? a few games, you start hating players more. Or just not hating them, but, like, liking them less. And so it is, you're just, like, really, like, what side of the bed did you wake up on this morning? Do you like this guy? So very true. Wow. Well... I'm a very emotional I'd like, watcher. Well, okay, fair enough. I, you know, not a very emotional guy, he, but... He's got... Offensively, he's got great length. He's really taken he a makes step up. Tons of shots over people, and it's just like wow. That Do you was think crazy. this is? But like my, I still have a question in the back of my mind. Did he have one really good year, or did he get out of a bad situation and now he's you know found a new home and he's going to be playing like this for a while? I think he's going to be playing like this for a while, because it wasn't like he he just shot the better ball better. He's just he just played differently. He definitely did shoot better. He shot thirty three percent in his last year in L A. And then he went up to 39%, which is a huge jump. And he's at 39% again this year, small sample size. But just the way he played, the confidence with he played, I think he's just going to be a better player now. Yeah, I mean, I like his new game, but I think there's some other guys that I'd definitely rather have before I have B.I. Yeah. So my 23, like, I don't know how you could put this guy above Randy Ingram specifically. Like, I have Drew Holiday at 23. Drew Holiday? Yeah. Wow. That's high. I don't know. I mean, he was pretty sought after this offseason for a reason. Great, good, good playmaker. Not great. Good, solid playmaker. Good shoot. Like, does what you want for a non-ball dominant point guard offensively. Like, he can play make, he can shoot, and he can run. Like, he can run your offense. Maybe you don't want him running your offense all the time, but he can do that well. And he's a terrific defender. Like, really, like, high-level defender. And he can guard. He doesn't just guard one. Like, he'll guard, like, one to three. Defense in the NBA... Like, unless you're paying attention, it's hard to, like, 
tell who's a good defender or not. You have to specifically pay attention yeah. to a player, see what he's doing. With Drew Holiday, you don't need to pay attention. You can tell he's an excellent defender. He'll lock people up like crazy. That being said, I think his offensive production is not quite good enough where I would put him in my top 25. But definitely he's like an honorable mention type what guy. Makes it, what, what offensive numbers do you not love? So everybody thinks he's a great shooter. He's like a career 30-something percent shooter, like 34. Um, from he's three. Shoot, yeah, from three. He's shooting good this year, but small sample like That's size. good enough. You know, you're, that's more than one... Like so, shooting above thirty three percent on a three pointer is going to give you an expected outcome of more than one point per shot, which would be above league average offense. I I, I so agree. So that's good enough. But he's averaging fifteen and five. Yeah. So that's where I slow down. Yeah, I I think a lot of but he, like that's not what you wanted to do. Like defense is really like takes you to the next level in the NBA. Like you talk about good from great teams or uh, average team from a good team is defense. Like, you know, you look at teams who win the title, they all play really good defense, and that's what gets you far in the playoffs. Like, that's, a, like, we're going to get into our other episode where we talk about the top teams, but I'm really low on Atlanta, at least for playoffs, because they play Me zero too. defense. They like, are brutal. I think defensively, really, is what separates teams. For sure. Like, the common thing is you need a top five offense and a top five defense to be, like, a championship contender. But yeah, okay, I like I respect that call, but he's not quite productive enough for okay. me to have him up there. But okay. I like the call. For 24, who do you have? I have Kyrie. Kyrie, okay, you so know. Where was he on your list? He, he was 16 on so my list. So that's quite a difference. But it's, it's a fantastic thing because I have Cat here. Okay, so I had Cat at 17. Yeah, no, so this is this is like... Which player do we like better out of these two guys? It's like the Irving and the Cat. So you like Kyrie. I mean, maybe this is true. Like, looking at the list, maybe Cat on my end should have been closer to Kyrie. But, I don't know. I'm not a Kyrie fan. I'm not a Kyrie fan, too, either. I thought I put him low. Well, maybe I put him real low. But I think think so far, like, we were talking... I was listening to uh, one of the Ringer podcasts today and talking about... And this is just like... This is what you get when you get with Kyrie. Like, they're saying, oh, you know, DeAndre Jordan's starting because he's friends with Katie and Kyrie and we don't want to upset the apple cart there. And, oh, maybe we should, you know, stagger the minutes of Katie and Kyrie because when they're off the floor, especially now with the loss of Dinwiddie, which is big loss for Brooklyn. I mean, that's... I love Dinwiddie. That was big reason why they were so good and, you know, had championship aspirations. And they still do. Like, but it was because he- of their depth. He wasn't playing that great. Like, he had a bad season. But the way he fit that team, it just it looks a lot better than having Cabarro yeah. starting, which is a tough look. But, I mean, back to Kyrie. Like, I think, like, this is more drama you get with him. He's like, oh, I want to play with Kevin Durant. And this is why partly why Steve Nash hasn't started staggering their minutes yet. Like, oh, I want it. Well, just because you want to do this. I mean, I know this is how it works with stars in the NBA. Like, they get what they want. But, you know, he tore up the Boston situation kind of, was not pretty the way he left Cleveland. No, not at all. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's... Like, maybe he'll be able to do it here with, you know, Steve Nash. kind of like zen guidance. What did they say? Like, was it Kyrie? Didn't Kyrie come out and say, oh, we don't have a head coach this year? Kyrie's like, a bit crazy. Isn't that Steve Nash? Like, wouldn't that be something great for Steve Nash to come out and say, we don't have a head coach. This is a team effort. You know, we're just a bunch of guys trying to win. So different But when Kyrie comes out and says yeah. it, it's like you're undermining the head coach. Like, I don't know. I'm not a fan. And I think his talent is... You know, you can't argue about his talent. But another great point for me putting Irving lower is he's very injury prone. Yes. He hasn't played, you know. Yeah. 
a ton. He does get hurt. All right. So who did you have at 24? You had Irving? I have Kyrie, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I have Cat. Not a huge fan of their game. I think the production Cat gives you warrants a top 25, but... See, I think if Jimmy was still... I think if Cat was still with Jimmy, I think... I think Cat would have been dead. (laughs) I think it would have shaped him up, or he would have died. Yeah, one of those two outcomes. You know what's crazy? Cat has had Jimmy Butler and Kevin Garnett. Dude, confrontational people who are just going to get in your face. Kevin Garnett loved him, but somehow it's not really translating to on-court production. I would have thought having those two guys would have made him a much better player. And that's why I think, like, you know, I think it's his personality to be not a great player. He doesn't have the desire to be a great player. Okay. I agree. And then rounding out your top 25, Noah? Yo, again, I thought I thought this guy would have been higher on your list, but, you know, we have very similar thoughts in basketball. Is Russell Westbrook. Really? Wow, Russ is a lot lower for me. Russ is, I have him down in 34. 34. I have him below Spicy P. I'll just put that out there for all my Toronto Raptors fans. You below know. Spicy P. Below Spicy P. Yo, you talk about Pandemic P. It's Pandemic Spicy P. No, no, no. He's well, he didn't have a great terrible. year, but, you know, I think he still took a leap. Anyway, so why do you have Russ at 25? I think it's it's hard to argue with his production. What? And specifically about it? Like, what do you like? Do you like he's a, he's got a great goal. He, like, he puts up numbers. He's a stat stuffer, but, like, does he contribute to winning basketball? It's it's a great argument. Like, on a bad team, he's one of the best players you can have because he's going to raise the floor of any team he's at. That's but a very good point. he could lower the ceiling. Yeah, I, like, I agree with that take. Like, he will raise... Like, he's not, you're not going to put him... Like, the team's going to win games at them. Yeah. Case in point was with OKC on the revenge tour. I love yeah. that year. I love that but year, too. But everyone knew they were not, you know, going far. He, he won MVP, which he definitely shouldn't have because they were better candidates. Maybe. But, I mean, that you could tell. As soon as KD left... The whole, like, American media was anti-Katie. Yeah. Moved in. I was firmly on Westbrook's side. So, I don't know. I I just, I don't love his inefficiency. Like, he doesn't shoot the ball well from three. Shoots a lot of mid-range pull-ups. Yes, he is not bad a mid-range shooter. But I think, you know, I just wish he was more efficient and could get a little, was a little bit better. He's a good playmaker. But I remember reading a couple years ago. I don't know if this still holds true for full disclosure, but... On some of these, you know, nerdy websites that I love, like Five Thirty Eight was had a great article. Great site. Great site. Yeah, shout shout out. This is a, if, they, <laughs> if they were a person, they'd be a friend of the show. <laughs> but uh, they write some great stuff, and they're talking about how Russell Westbrook passes a lot, but he only passes two guys who are going to score. So like exactly, he has, yeah. the, his percentage of passes that lead to an assist are really high for him because he's not actually an unselfish guy moving the ball around. He's just looking for assists for himself. You know, he's like in 2K and you're playing my team. Like, you're never passing unless the guy's open. <laughs> uh, gonna score. This, this is also very true. I, I, I just have him here purely based on production and the fact that he can raise the floor of a team. Okay. I mean, fair enough. And I have Jalen Brown at 25. Oh, I really want to put Jalen Brown in. Okay, so you like it. I, thought you I were love Jalen Brown. Yeah, I'll, great two-way wing. I'll be honest. I was thinking, like, should I put Tatum in or should I put Brown in? I think Tatum's clearly... Like, I have Tatum at 13. Tatum is better, but I just like Jalen Brown so much more. I mean, so if you forget this year, Jalen Brown is a pretty good... He's an all-right shooter, and he is a terrific defender, athletic wing, like exactly what you want in this league. Add him to any team is definitely a plus right now. And this year, he's just taken a scoring to another level. Like, he's really started to up his game, and I think it's been really good. Um... I don't know. Like, I think 
he just really fits the modern NBA, and it's benefited Boston a ton. Like, you know, this year, just pulling up his stats here, he's taken his points, like he's averaging 27 points a game. Like, that's a huge jump from 20, what he averaged last year. What, what you got to respect about Jalen Brown, every, every year he gets better. He plays super hard on defense, great player. Yeah, I mean, his points, like as a rookie, he went from six points to 14 and a half, 13, 20 points, and now short season, but 27 points right now. And I mean, his... And you can tell he's better. His percentage, I don't know if this is going to last, but he's shooting almost 43% from three right now, and he's career 37. Probably not going to last, but he's getting better. But he's definitely improved shooting, and I love his mid-range game. Like he's not just you know the athletic wing. You can he's not a three and D guy. Like he's an offensive, he can offensive guy. He can do stuff, and I think he's like I said. I think you add him to any team in the league, and they're better. I agree, hundred percent. Pretty good list we made, eh? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. So we'll take a short break, and then uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. So. Some of you may be wondering where a certain top five player is, according to our favorite ESPN analyst here, Noah and I, both our favorite, Kendrick Perkins. When he proclaimed the other day, and I quote here, Trey Young is a top five NBA player, end quote. And another quote here, Steph Curry 2.0, end quote. And I just think this might be one of the hottest takes I've heard, and in the hot take being bad take, this, like, I don't understand it by any stretch of the imagination. Yes, Trey Young's had a great start to the season. Atlanta's had a great start to the season, but I don't see it at all. I mean, Trey Young's averaging, what, 28 points a game yeah. this year. I mean, 28.6 or 29 points a game. It's not, like, okay, you can score. That's it. Like, he's he doesn't play any defense. He's not very good at defense at all like okay he's a good playmaker not great uh he can shoot he hoists and but i don't know i know you got way more to say about him so i think the biggest thing while i i don't like his game is that his game will never translate to the postseason in the postseason the gimmicky fouls that people get are not working anymore and if we look at his stats he's shooting 12 free throws a game this dude is tiny he doesn't do any like real contact He's just like goes around to pick and roll and then throws his ass into you. And then he gets free throws every time. Like that game against Memphis, I swear, if I was John Morant, I'd be throwing hands. That was some crazy like fouls he drew. And they were like, they're not going to translate to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think the other thing is, you see, okay, yeah, he's pulling up from deep, shooting these tough threes. But he's not very efficient, honestly. Like this year, okay, so he's averaging almost 29 points. People are losing their minds. He's shooting 33% from three. Last year, he shot 36%. Like, if you're supposed to be a good three-point shooter, those are not, like, high levels, especially when you're shooting lots of volume. Like, they're, they're okay, but they're not good, especially, and he's definitely overhyped, I think, for sure. And his two-point field goal, like, he's shooting 50%. I mean, it's good. It's great. It's not, I don't think it's great. I think it's good for a guy like him, but I think, like, for the hype he gets, I think it's way too much. And we're not saying he's a bad player, we're probably just a little biased saying he's he's slightly worse than what he is. I still don't think he's a tw- top 25 player. Not by any stretch, I don't think. His defense, he's might be the worst like defensive player in the whole like, NBA. I, I was watching the Knicks play the other day and it was and they gave it to Austin Rivers on the wing and Austin Rivers was it was Trey Young guarding him and he went to the rim and Trey Young actually stayed with him and he shot, 
took this horrible floater layup thing and it went out and I just couldn't think I was like is this more of an indictment on the Knicks and Austin Rivers or is it good that Trey Young actually stopped someone and I said you know what I just think it's more an indictment on the Knicks because the Knicks are going to be the Knicks they're not very good and I mean and I was surprised that Trey Young actually got a stop I mean and that's probably the only stop you've ever seen him make. Yeah, he's just a total liability on defense. He's like me when I played basketball. If he was bad at team defense, what? Why don't you give like so the viewers know? Like, give some like uh, what's your wingspan? What's your height? You know, five six and a half. So like basketball. So I five. I'm firmly five seven. We can round up. I'm a basketball five nine, but five seven wingspan like five two. Yeah, not a vertical of twenty one on a good day. And before any of the viewers like start disrespecting Logan, I want to tell you something about him. Because this dude was the worst basketball player I've ever seen in my life. This dude, what he's good at, he's good at working hard. Do you know how many average in your senior year? No. Something around 20, I assume, right? Probably around there. Yeah. This is not about me, Noah. Literally the best player on his team, and he was the worst basketball player out there. And now he can he shoots insanely well. But he had zero talent. Yeah, but you know, I worked at it. And that's what Trey Young needs to do. Because he's not very efficient right now. He needs to up the efficiency here, I think. Yeah, you know. Um, we, we both think he's a good player. He's probably going to be like an all-NBA player maybe later fans on. Are vote, no, fan media votes for all-NBA. But I think uh, he'd probably make an all-NBA third team at some point. Especially if Atlanta does well. But I yeah, think... I think he's very overrated, especially if Kendrick Perkins wants he's a top five player. I mean, get the hell out of here, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> this guy, like, I hate all his takes, but this one I hate a lot. I'm actually surprised. I think I may be higher on Trey Young than you. And I, I thought I was as low as you could get on Trey Young. I think he's, like, you're saying he's inefficient. I think he's pretty efficient. Like, I'm fine with him shooting 50%. Like, that's fine. And, like, yeah. threes, I think he'll go up. Eventually, with a better team, he won't take any as many crazy shots. Maybe, but maybe. he probably will take some crazy shots. Yeah, it's, I, don't, <laughs> it's just I don't think he, like I think he is the system right now in Atlanta. Yeah, um, I hear you. I but, love I love all the players on Atlanta though. But th- this is our introduction to our hot or not segment. We're gonna have reoccurring on most podcasts. Maybe all we'll see. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we're each gonna have a hot or not take, and this is my not take here: the bad take of. Kendrick Perkins proclaiming Trey Young being a top five player. Now, Noah might not have a hot take because Noah's more of a hater, but what do you got for us this week? For a hot take, I did come up with one. And, you know, usually we give it to some other media member, but I'm giving it to myself. I was big on Indiana, and they're dope. Great. Great analysis there, Noah. I mean, I'm not going to deny Indiana's playing well. Uh, Sabonis looks like the real deal. Sabonis Ola is Depot's really good. playing all right. They got a new coach there. Stealing, uh, stealing the guy from Toronto. What's his name? Nate. Nate Bjorkren is how you I, say I it? do not know how to say his last name. Yeah, well, it's a you can butcher me. I'm, you know, I'm the most cultured guy I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how that one goes. But yeah, he's uh, seems to be seems to be a good coach so far. At least in a good system, players are buying in, which is really important. And something everybody's talking about: their shot distribution way different. Indiana last year, I think they led the league in long twos or like just two point shots. Totally different this year. Taking many more threes, many more shots at the rim. Yeah. And Sabonis is really running the offense inside out. It's been really good to see. Yeah. I love I love almost every single one of their players. Miles Turner, while he's probably being underutilized, he's playing the role excellent. He's a great like spot-up shooter, and he's doing great defense. Nice. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, do, right. do you have a not take? My not take. See, uh, here we start pointing fingers at some uh, media members. And this one goes to Brian Winhorse. Oh, your favorite, Noah. Sometimes he gets on my nerves. But Sometimes. You know, I think all the time he gets I, on your nerves. I, I respect him so much. He, he saw a golden ticket in LeBron. And if you guys didn't know, he covered him when he was on high school. And I may believe that that's why he's an analyst. Because he got lucky and he covered LeBron when he was in high school. But besides the point, he made the argument that Cleveland should trade for James Harden. And to me, that makes no sense. You can't, you can't stop Sexland. Like, you can't break up that duo. We love Sexland. Like, this is the first LeBron-less Cleveland team that's been good. And I don't know if they're good. They've had a good stretch. Okay, are not a dumpster fire? Can yeah, I say that? Yeah, can say that. <laughs> and I was just thinking, trade, you'd obviously, have to, you'd obviously have to include Sexland and Garland. So you lose your two future pieces for two years of James Harden, and you're going to have to attach picks to that, too. So after two years, you think James Harden is staying? But it's going to be one year, and then everyone's going to be talking about what's he doing in free agency, where's he getting traded. So and two years max, because he's not staying in Cleveland. Yeah, and like he's not going to re-sign there, because what did you say, Captain Strip Club or whatever you call it? First Team All Strip Club. First Team All Strip Club. He's not staying in Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. has no strip clubs. <laughs> I don't know much about <laughs> Cleveland, but I think that's probably pretty accurate. So he's definitely not staying there. And what, you have to give up all your future for like two years? It's where not, you make it just doesn't playoffs? make any sense. Like, he's supposed to put you over the top or at yeah. least make you a contender. He's the player you add to a good team to make them a championship contender. Because he's probably not lasting that long. Like, his play style and what he does off the court, how many years does he have as like a really, really good player in the NBA? I think Father Time will catch up with him very quick. Yeah, well. I mean, you know, a lot of other announcers out there have been screaming Father Time for a while. Speaking of Max Kellerman, you know, I just don't want you to turn into him bringing up Father Time all the time. Father Time has never been defeated. Well, Mr. Avocado Ice Cream, Tom Brady, is doing a pretty good job this year, you know. 4,000 plus yards, 40, 40 plus touchdowns. He had a great year. Flagrant. I think his last two games, he got over 1,000 yards. Or last wow. three, maybe, against bad teams. Yeah. Good well, for him. Stat padding. That is a discussion for another day. But my, my, my hot take of the week comes from the Ringer NBA show group chat. And it was a quote where they said, quote, Ben Simmons is LaMelo Ball with an Equinox membership, quote. And Equinox, for those who don't know, is a high-profile gym. So it's basically they're saying that Ben Simmons is LaMelo Ball if LaMelo Ball got a membership to a gym. I think this is perfect because this is exactly what you think LaMelo Ball is. Is it the most accurate take? Eh, probably not, but I think it's pretty funny, and I think it gets to a lot of what it is. Like, what do we picture LaMelo Ball? Great playmaker, long arms. You know, we think of him as being able to block a few shots, um, you know, grab some boards, kind of an all-around point guard. Shoots better than Ben Simmons. And, you know, if you want to stretch it a little bit, Ben Simmons is just unreal athlete. Does everything we just said. Great playmaker, blocks a few shots, grabs some rebounds. Okay. If if I heard this, I'm going to put this as my worst take. Really? Because, like, what you said there, LaMelo Ball is projected to be a bad defensive player. Ben Simmons is so a really, really good defensive player. What is, like, a big player. part of defense is athleticism. Is LaMelo Ball athletic? No, but this is, what, no, this is, the, not. Point, this is the whole point of this take. Is if LaMelo Ball got a gym membership and became athletic... He'd be Ben Simmons. So, would you consider yourself athletic? No. Do you go to the gym a lot, or do you work out a lot? You don't uh, really go to the gym every now and then. I dabble in it. I do you do it every day almost? 
No, I would just say it's casual dabbling. So your argument is that going to the gym makes you more athletic, but you go to the gym almost every day. But these NBA guys, you know, got their hippie trainers doing the ridiculous stuff, you know, standing on BOSU balls with kettlebells over their head, you know. And you may be the most unathletic person I've ever met. Well, you know, it's functional <laughs> fitness, you know. I think if Ben Simmons is doing the right stuff, you know, maybe you get a, I mean, this is another thing here. You know, we love Tom Brady on this show. Not a fan of this snake oil salesman uh, TV12 <laughs> method there. Maybe if he's doing a little bit of that, you know, the functional fitness, he could be getting all this pliability, you know, he'd become very pliable. I hear you. And I think LaMelo Ball is going to be a good three-point shooter. Like this year, he's shooting 35%. So how, how does he compare to Ben Simmons at all? Listen, it was not supposed to be taken super seriously. <laughs> this was a hot take because if it's just hot, you know, off the top of your tongue, you love it. I think you were trying to get some digs in on uh, Ben Simmons, who you had ranked way too low. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> that. But I think, uh, I think that is pretty much it. Um, I don't know. I had pretty, lots of fun recording this. Do you yeah. anything you want to say to end off, Noah? Just thank you for uh, listening to us in our first episode. We greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and don't forget, tune into our other episode because we're bringing you a back-to-back episode to celebrate the launch of this podcast where we go over our rank the top 30 teams next. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Have a good one.